0: Welcome to the Modern Cloister, where we cultivate deeper thinkers and worshipers through conversations about the Christian life, in the same spirit as the community conversations that took place during the Reformation at the Black Cloister, the former monastery and home of Martin Luther and his wife, Katharina von Bora. Today we are finishing our series on the Psalms. If you guys have been along with us for this journey, we spent some time at the very beginning talking about how to understand the Psalms, how to use the Psalms, and then have been spending a little bit of time in each of the individual genres of the Psalms, reading some of the scripture that is associated with them and talking about how to use them in in our private prayer and worship lives. As you guys have seen, and as we've talked about, there are multiple ways to categorize the Psalms. So if you are just joining us, we do want to reiterate that the categories that we are using are simply one way to categorize the Psalms. Depending on who you ask, throughout history, there are between five and up to 12, 13 different ways to categorize the Psalms. We have broken them down into eight main categories that we have put into pairs of two because of the nature of the category and how they work together. So for here at the Modern Cloister, we have been talking about them in these pairs. Praise and Thanksgiving, Lament and Confession, Confidence and Remembrance, and Wisdom and Kingship. Now, Wisdom and Kingship is the one that we're going to be talking about today as we close our series. But before we dive into that, we do want to, as we have in all the other episodes, spend just a minute reiterating the importance of the Psalms before we begin. This is the last time you're going to hear me say this for quite some time if you've been joining us, but they are as a book, one of the greatest examples of the blend of thinking and worshiping within the context of the Bible. They shape our theology and influence our worship in deeply profound ways. They have been part of the church since the church has existed. They have been formative for what it means to worship together corporately, and they have formed thousands and thousands and probably millions of believers over the years in the way that they are used privately for for reading and for worship and for prayer. They are one of the, the most essential books for, for the Christian today. And in fact, one of the episodes earlier in the series, we talked about how Martin Luther called this a mini Bible. I think we've actually referenced that quite a few times because it really does show you in in the broad sense the whole picture of who God is and also explores all the emotions that are associated with the Christian life, it shows you how to work within them and how to connect with God, approach God, and worship God in the midst of what it looks like to work out your salvation day to day. So as we close, we're going to be talking about two last categories that are, that are sometimes hard to quite put in the context of the rest of them. Things like praise and thanksgiving and lament seem to have a natural place within the, the outer workings of the Christian life. These last two ones take us on a slightly different per- perspective. And so we're going to start by talking about the wisdom psalms. And I'm going to kick it over to Kevin to talk a little bit about what those are and their place within the book itself.
1: Yeah, so broader categories, a lot of people, um, when they categorize the Old Testament, you have the Torah, that's the first five books, the Pentateuch, I think. I don't know how to pronounce things. And then you have the prophets, pretty clear who the prophets are. And then you'll hear often people talk about the wisdom literature. And that's why in the Old, or sorry, in the New Testament, you hear Moses. Again, that's the Torah. The prophets, that's pretty much everything else. And then uh, sometimes they'll throw in Psalms, and when they say Psalms, they mean wisdom literature because obviously it's the biggest book. But other wisdom, you know, Job, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, um, Proverbs, probably the most famous wisdom, right? That's kind of the pithy statements that kind of supposed to teach you something. Mm -hmm. So the wisdom literature ones are really kind of stand out. Uh, uh, If you follow us along on our different types, different genres, you hear us keep saying, there's a type of praise. It's praise again, um, Mm -hmm. with the exception of some of the lament. And and wisdom uh, sticks out because... They are instructions to believers. It's one of the few that are directed to people that not remember God. Not that it takes God out, but it's it's instructions for believers in the way of righteous living. And you'll hear a lot about the law. Of course, when they say the law, they're meaning the Torah. They're meaning God's word, right? So there's really probably only two very distinct, pure wisdom ones. uh, And that's Psalm 1 and then 119, and we'll get to 119 in a minute. Other ones that people look at are 34, 37, uh, 73, 78, 112, uh, 128, 139. And those are all going to have wisdom in there because, of course, praising God was, you know. But what we've been trying to do in our genre ones is narrow down to very specific to give good examples to help. Give an understanding because that's what we want to do is give a broader understanding of the Psalms. And it's interesting, Psalm 1 which I think we have... Um, did we sing this? You didn't sing this one, did you? I don't think so. You didn't sing it. Okay. Uh, I know we've read we it a few times. It because it, yeah. it, it's really a prelude. You know, it's an intro to the Psalms. It's an intro to the prayer book. And uh, mm-hmm. I think Keller calls it the pre-prayer before the prayer, mm-hmm. which which everyone else just calls wisdom. So that's how we start off the Psalms. And again, uh, I'll read it here in a minute. But remember... <laughs> this is going to be intro to the longest book in the Bible where you're going to do remembrance, you're going to do lament, you're going to do praise. It's, it's the mini-Bible, as we keep saying over and over again. Um, of course, you can't limit yourself just to the Psalms. But, sure. uh, so Psalm 1, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with scoffers, but they delight in doing everything the Lord wants. Day and night they think about His law if I can defend myself, it's, it's a different translation. and threw me off when I'm used to. But day and night, mm-hmm. we're thinking about the law, and that's God's word, and, and we have a lot of God's word in here. So, of course, that is what we start the Psalms with. Mm-hmm. It's, it's intro saying, it's almost like a specific, all of God's law is good. You know, we have that Paul and Timothy saying all is good for um, teaching and rebuke, and but it's just such an interesting thing that it's put in front of the Psalms for, for all the reasons we've talked about. So go back. If you're new to this, listen to everything we've talked about, right? Is that our – yes. that's a good plug. That's, that's the Always hook. Always want to plug
0: your previous episodes. Yeah, go you'll, listen you'll, if you have you'll see haven't. it because we're,
1: we're tired of saying it over and over again. But it's really good. We like it. Um, so, that, so that's Psalm 1. It's really the closest thing to a, just a pure, like, quick proverbial, you know, blesses man, see to the scoffers, those sort of things. He's like a tree planted by waters, not so the wicked, they dry, they have no roots. It sounds very proverbial. The next one is uh, 119, Psalm 119. And what's interesting, again, if you go back to our first episode, we talked about some of the difficulties, some of the loss in translation, is this is so long. And you'll notice there's groups where there's like a little Hebrew word in there, and you're thinking, what is this? Well, that's a letter. Mm -hmm. So these are actually all acrostics. So each of those words in the sections, and there's usually seven, eight verses in each one, every single one of those verses would have started with the first word of that letter that's there. And, Mm -hmm. And this was somewhat popular. There's one or two short sections in the psalm where they do this, but this is an entire book where this is done. And this is this is the longest verse sorry the longest chapter in the bible for reference it's longer than james it's longer than ruth so you know you would use things like the acrostic to help memorize it Mm -hmm. and of course they would remember that we've talked about people memorizing the scriptures would have been so important especially in kind of pre-literate pre-written word printed word So, buckle in. Chris is going to read the whole thing right now. (laughs) No, I'm not. Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) I think we'd see a drop in listeners immediately if that happened. We can
1: see when y'all cut off, and (laughs) we would know it would be right now.
0: (laughs) It'd be like, oh, it was that minute. Um, I am going to read a a small snippet, though. um, But I think one interesting thing to point out is that while they are broken up, most of the, the groupings are all focused on meditating on God's word, loving his precepts cherishing his statutes and and just walking in the way of the lord that's the focus of pretty much this entire book so to think that it's the longest psalm in the book of psalms Mm -hmm. and it's one of the longest no it's the longest chapter the longest chapter in the entire bible i mean and it's
1: nine books it's
0: almost single focus is the love of the law of the lord i mean I'm, i'm sure there are pieces that would divert from that slightly but it's so much about living in accordance with god's desires and word and all of those things. And so I think that's really important to note.
1: Yeah, and that's, again, go back to prob, Proverbs because we're, we're thinking about that. Proverbs, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, it's not fear the way we think about today, but obviously this is an awe of the Lord, and this is knowledge of the Lord. And how do you know the Lord, the law, the scriptures? Yeah. And so meditate on day and night, and so that's what we yeah. get in this. So you so, want
0: to— Yeah, and, and this one, I, I selected this— piece of 119 because I think this one is really easy to almost transform into a prayer for you to pray it and desire it because of the way it's written. And so as I read this, I want you to think about it in those terms. Like this is something that you could take and, and I mean, we could take right now as part of this is essentially us expressing these desires to God. It says, teach me, O Lord, the way of hmm. your statutes and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. And
1: wisdom literature has very much of the. It's just sometimes beautiful. it's called poetry yeah. for, for these sections. It, it
0: is, and, and I think that that, that element of poetry is really clear in the way that these are set up. And of course, we don't get the full impact because some of it is lost—the um, acrostic nature, with it all starting mm-hmm. with the same letter, and all that—it's lost because of our need to have it in English. But you can you can hear the flow and the rhythm of it, and it's just lovely. And and it's it's one of those those chapters that. It can be intimidating because it's really long, but you can absolutely break it up and take each chunk and meditate it, on it by itself in the context of the whole thing. And it's just, it's a great picture of what the the wisdom psalms are meant to be. It's supposed to to show you what it looks like to love the law of the Lord, essentially. So moving along, one of the other categories that we've identified is something called a kingship psalm. Now, these can be called different things. Some of them are called royal psalms, messianic psalms. Mm-hmm. It's hard to categorize them as one particular one. So kingship seemed to be the forerunner for us as we were looking for one because they do all have a a kingly theme to them. But there are essentially within that two groups of these kingship psalms. The first is a psalm that praises the human king of Israel that for the most part was David in these instances, but I believe also Solomon. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if there were other, but it would be praise over A human king an earthly king a king that God has appointed the other type of kingship psalm is a psalm that is in reference to God as the king or points to the future king to come and so there's there's two different types and sometimes they overlap which is actually going to show you a little bit in one of the psalms we're going to read but the point of the of these is to really point you to God as king but I'm gonna I'm gonna let Kevin talk a little bit about how those two work together
1: yeah, so some is just God the king, um, royal th- throne, the heavens are his footstool, those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are a few that are just specifically praising David for a time and a place. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a very small section. But there are many that are the, the future David, the, the Davidic king, the, the coming king, the messiah, messianic ones. You know, you'll know, you hear those different things. Again, we talked about this a little bit in the difficulties In our first episode, how do you talk about, you know, how do you read it when it is about a specific, you know, there's one of the Psalms as a a praise to King David for his victory Mm -hmm. over some of his enemies, those sort of thing. And and even there is God as king for his victories Mm -hmm. over, you know, other nations. And it's weird to kind of use that now. And same thing with the future king. There's a lot to look forward to the coming Messiah, the line of David, the forever throne, you know, there uh-huh. will always be one who sits on the seat, right? And we already know who that is. Like, we're kind of, uh, you know, the, like, spoiler alert for if you're reading through the songs. <laughs> and uh, so those are difficult, but um, I think it's important to remember that, I think for us, the Messianic ones help for us to get the right view of Christ, he is glorified. He is sitting on the throne at the right hand of God. He will come back with an army of angels to judge the nations as the ruler and the king. So it's a good again it's good theology to know what we're doing and what we're saying. And of course, any sort of kingship to to, you know, God the Father or or just a, the the full on trinitarian God of his glory and and again, Kingship has some praise elements to it as well because uh-huh. you're, you're praising God because He deserves praise. I mean, yeah. you you would praise a king because He is the one in charge mm-hmm. and He has earned it or He deserves it. And of course, that's that's the case with God. And um, there's multiple ones that fit in those categories: uh, 2, uh, 20, 21, 47, uh, 89, 93, and I'll talk about 93 briefly, plus 96 through 99. Uh, 101, 110, and 144, and what I didn't list in there is 45, which you're going to read, right?
0: Yes, I am. So I think some of of the kingship psalms are a little hard to understand, and quite honestly, this is one of the ones that has confused me the most, especially when it's been about an earthly king. I don't always know how to process that because it seems strange in our context today to praise an earthly king when we know we're supposed to praise God and God alone. But in the context of the Old Testament— the Israelites praised their earthly king because he was literally an appointed king by God and it, it was evidence of God's presence and his favor among the people uh-huh. and so they're, they're interrelated and this Psalm in particular I think shows the interplay between them so I'm going to read it and I'm going to provide commentary this time as I go to show you kind of the breaking point between the two and how they interplay so this is Psalm 45 and it says my heart overflows with a pleasing theme I address my verses to the king My tongue is like the pen of a ready scribe. You are the most handsome of the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your thigh, O mighty one, in your splendor and majesty. In your majesty, ride out victoriously for the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness. Let your right hand teach you awesome deeds. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The peoples fall under you. So for those first couple verses, all of this praise is directed at the earthly king that was in place right now. And so at first, if you read this, you think, well, that's strange, or at least I do, because I think, what am I supposed mm-hmm. to do with that as a believer? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to go praise don't have a, king, a, a, right. a king today. But then it switches here, and it points, it points to God, and it says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of uprightness. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you. So he's speaking back to this king again, but he's putting him in context of being the appointed one of God. So it says, Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Your robes are all fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From ivory palaces, stringed instruments make you glad. Daughters of kings are among your ladies of honor. And at your right hand stands the queen in gold of Ophir. And it continues on. And even in reading this, there's still this, this slight disconnect and this kind of theological distance, I think, which I know mm-hmm. is a concept we mentioned before of, like, how exactly do you, do you put that in context? But there is this sense of the interplay between the two that you can see in these first couple, that you're praising the earthly king, but you know that you're praising him because of what that means in your relationship to God, the king almighty, and that he's there because he's been appointed and placed there on purpose for God, and so you are in essence praising God by praising the earthly king, which I think is the part that sometimes trips us up.
1: Right. Yeah. There's a deep train of um, sovereignty through there, and I yes. think that's that's where that, again that's, that's that royal, that's that kingship where where you know, I mean sometimes a ruler is called a sovereign, and so that's mm-hmm. we're praising God when we're praising this person because God put him there. So ultimately, we're praising God and His sovereignty. Yes. right? Yes. So absolutely.
0: So why don't, why don't you uh, take us through Psalm 93 and give us a different example.
1: Yeah, so in the, in the last episode uh, where we went through Songs of Remembrance and Songs of Confidence, uh, we kind of had a quick tangent on the Hillel and the Songs of Ascent, which are little groupings together. There's another grouping together. This isn't as strong. I believe actually last uh, last episode I said there were three groupings. There's four kind of how we're doing it this one is is maybe the weakest of them but there are some straight psalms uh some people put it as 93 through 100 that are all considered kingship some some drop 95 some drop 100 which 100 is a great praise one so they see a lot of times these groupings that are straight groupings in with a praise one so some people put 100 some people do not but they are all praises to The majesty of God as the uh, ruler and sovereign of all. So a little different. We're now having the anointed king, a person king. Mm -hmm. It's not messianic. Um, Of course, we had some messianic language of that one with the establish on your throne forever and ever. Um, So this is just the majesty of the Lord. So Psalm 93, the Lord reigns. Again, that's that's that royal. That's that kingship. That's that language of uh, a sovereign who is in charge. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He is put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. And that means also into everlasting, right? The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters. Mightier than the waves of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are trustworthy holiness befits your house o lord forevermore mm. so again decrees that that's the law sort of ties back to the wisdom that's um, you know we we're, we're praising him for his decrees for his majesty mm-hmm. everyone he's mightier than the waves he's louder than the mm-hmm. thunder we have that just broad just the greatness, the majesty—you mm-hmm. just want to keep saying majesty, right? You do. Because well, that's yeah,
0: and, and it points to the the concept of the kingdom of God, like with, oh, right. with him, yes, with with him as as the king over all the earth. Oh. He is he is the ruler of the kingdom of God, and it points us to that message as well, and and just reminds us of that. So, so I think that is from a from a high level some of the the theme of the kingship psalms is God is king of the kingdom of God of which we are part, and so therefore we we praise and. And live under his ruling, really, in that kingdom of God.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and and that was that was short. And um, so, as we mentioned last time, when we kind of went through the the Egyptian Hallel and the songs of ascent, there's another kind of small tangent we're going to take here. I love it. Uh, and because we want to end our series in the Psalms the way the Psalms end, um, so we talked about the Egyptian Hillel. Those are the reminder. Those um, that's one thirteen to the one eighteen. They are read and sung at the, the three major pilgrims, uh, sorry, the major festivals. Um, Songs of ascent; those are one twenty through one thirty four. Still today, they are sung by pilgrims, and perhaps the pre-sung them as they walked up, um, walked up to the temple. So, uh, got our last episode on remembrance and confidence. The last section, and it gets a little confusing because again, it's Hallel, um, so it's Hallelujah, which is praise Yah, which is Yahweh. So, praise the Lord, right? Um, is what we call them. We call them the Hallelujah Psalms in the Christian world, which again is us. Uh, I've seen them in more of the the Judaism world um, calling them the morning halils or the morning praise to differentiate them from those um, or even the daily halils Mm -hmm. to differentiate those from uh, the Egyptian halils, the one used in festivals. And these would actually be sung before every morning service. Um, So of course there's not morning services as much anymore, but they will recite them um, occasionally uh, for major festivals or for other things but uh, these were actually meant to be daily and these are unique these are called the praise ones uh, because the first and last sentence more or less of every one of these, this, I'm sorry I don't know if I said this, 146 through 150 so that's the end of the Psalms, it's 150, we did it um, is praise the Lord, so we begin the psalm with praise the Lord, we end the psalm with praise the Lord and that's how all five of these go And uh, we just thought, you know, um, we started this episode with wisdom, Psalm 1. Uh, As you go through the Psalms, you're going to learn the word of the Lord, and you're going to end in praising God. So we're going to end this episode uh, with the reading of Psalm 150. Yep,
0: here we go. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
1: This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. We hope that you enjoyed our series on the Psalms. If you did, please rate, review, subscribe. Continue joining us for the journey. We're excited to kick off some new material next time.